Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 136 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us on whatever platform you decided to come on. Um, I want to say, as I always do, thanks to our guest last week, uh, Monica Lockman, for uh, really uh, out of my depth in, in the world of ballet. Um, you may have noticed that. But I think it's it's interesting to have people on where, you know, I am really out of my depth and, and to, to learn a lot of stuff from the person and obviously I read her book and we talked about her academy and uh, her time in Russia and all this kind of stuff was, was really fascinating so I want to thank Monica for doing that um, I hope I'm not as out of my depth this week I, I've once once or twice lifted a barbell uh, if that's any good but uh, our guest this week uh, he is officially the second strongest man in Ireland he was also fourth in the UK strongman this year and his name is Killian Groom how are you doing Killian? How are you doing Derek? I'm very well thanks for asking yeah um like I say, I have lifted a barbell now and again. Uh, it's it's a funny one, like because obviously I, I follow you on Instagram, and I was looking at you doing deadlifts of three hundred kg, two reps, and uh, I was kind of thinking, "Wow, that's pretty <laughs> impressive." Um, and we will talk about that killing because we're going to. Yeah. I want to talk about not just the UK strongman, but the fact of how you train and what way you know whether you do chase PBs and stuff. But listen, we'll start from where we always do. Could you give us a, a short history of your upbringing, please? Um, so I grew up about maybe five miles outside of Balna, which is a town in County Mayo. And I guess I was kind of lucky enough to kind of grow up before like Wi-Fi and iPads and iPhones, all that. So it was just kind of me and my brother, um, and I have an older sister as well, but mainly kind of me and my brother just kind of going out, just picking up rocks, just like, just, you know, just kind of playing with whatever we found. Like, so yeah, I'm very grateful that she got to grow up, uh, in the countryside away from towns and cities because, I feel like you get like a lot more kind of freedom to mm. as a kid to kind of roam around the place. I uh, we've had the the mixture of both, like you know, with the guests, and uh, there there seems to be. You seem to have a really good approach for thinking you're glad you get to grow there, but a lot of people come on and they're like, "Well, they grew up the city; they prefer if they grew up the country, and then vice versa." And it's 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 interesting. I've I've been lucky enough to kind of grow up in 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 the town, but live outside the town and. You're right, though, as well as, you know, just the idea of being out and about. It was the, the lack of uh, iPads and Internet uh, access yeah. that made it a bit, you know, better. Better, yeah. You, get, you use your kind of imagination and, you know, like <laughs> a stick becomes a sword or a gun or, you yeah. know, the kind of things like that. Like, so it's, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a lot more freedom, I think. For sure. Um, so we always ask this question, too. Um, when did you first become aware of mental health? Um. I'd say probably kind of like from a young age, just mm. because, like, I think for whatever reason, people have always been very comfortable, like, talk to me about, like, their problems and stuff. Even though I know, like, from a kid, you know, like, being in school and, you know, people just come, come up to me because they're upset and they'd be trying to tell me. And a lot of the times, like, I was a kid, I couldn't really fully understand the full depth of, like, mm. what they were saying. Um, and then I guess kind of, like, growing up, I always just kind of, like, had an interest in just kind of like the human mind and kind of slowly kind of started reading more and kind of like psychology psychotherapy things like that and I guess like kind of through um I know he won't, he won't mind me talking about it uh but like my dad's own uh personal experiences just because mm-hmm. when I was kind of like a teenager he did struggle a lot with um things that happened in his past but you know he's gone on and he's like spoken openly in like radio and podcasts and he set up like support groups and like he's now a psychotherapist himself and kind of runs like his own page and everything like so I think especially kind of like seeing my dad's kind of you know like because my dad was always kind of you know like the big strong guy when I was mm. a kid like you know as most kind of people would see their dad and then 
as a teenager, there's kind of seen like a little bit more kind of vulnerability. And then as, you know, time went on then, like him building himself back up. Like, so I think it did, it did kind of teach me a lot about, you know, mental health and being okay with things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be good all the time. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, there's, there are going to be like the down bits, but it's kind of more like how you react to, to those kind of situations, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've spoken to people who mentioned that about, you know, there's good mental health and bad mental health and we're yeah. going to have different. And it's interesting you say about like people were approaching it. It's obviously something within your character that they see, you know, that you're an empathetic yeah. person. And yeah. I, think- I mean, like even, even if I'm, if I'm on the bus or something, somebody might just come up and just sit beside me. And then after a few minutes, I kind of know like their whole life story. And yeah. I don't, I like, I, I do, I do enjoy it just because I, I like, I'm a big guy and I don't want to like mm. come across being like intimidating or imposing on people like, but um yeah just because I, I i worked in healthcare as well for like four years um so like, i worked like nursing homes galway hospital sligo hospital and i kind of some psychiatric units so mm. i think that kind of then just kind of just like furthered my own interests and i guess kind of like skills and learning how to like deal with people a bit better yeah that's brilliant um so uh, do you what was the first sport that you played or got into um i guess you know, kind of the, the usual stuff. You know, playing soccer at, at, at school. I was never really any any good at soccer. <laughs> I've um I've a addition called like the dyspraxia. So yeah. it's all it's kind of do with kind of like um it's kind of a, a brain based motor dysfunction. So just kind of hand eye coordination can be you know quite off. Like and just the way you kind of your brain kind of processes things. So like soccer was like I played, but like it doesn't mean I was good. And kind of same with like uh, GA football. Like I love the sports, but cannot solo ball for the life of me um then I started playing rugby when I was about nine I think and I think you know you just pick up a ball you run straight at somebody Mm. like so it's kind of it was a little bit easier for me that way like so I played rugby for for about like 10 years and then I started lifting weights when I was like I'd say about 14 but I said like even when I was a kid like one of my favorite things to do was just go out and just find the biggest rock I could and just like pick it up various different ways and carry it around so I guess I was kind of like always kind of you know meant to kind of go into strongman yeah uh, in the long run <laughs> but then like it, speaking of dyspraxia like it does that affect what you do in any way with strongman um yeah. no because it's kind of like i i find like that the really heavy weights to kind of ground me and okay. it's like I, I find it much easier almost to kind of like because like before like like i'm about 6 to 140 kilos and I mean, uh, anybody could kind of come over and nudge me and I'd probably, like, fall over uh, right. Well, for a good bit, like, just because, like, the whole uh, balancing is quite off. So, like, I think that's why I like lifting weights so much because this kind of makes me feel, like, more, like, grounded to, uh, right. you know, to things like. But, um, yeah, I think I feel like that's kind of, it, it actually kind of works in my favor. Yeah, that's that's interesting because we did have someone on talking about now. It, it could have been episode 20 it was that long ago but we, mm. we it was the first time i even heard of dyspraxia to be honest with you yeah. and it was yeah. you know we got to kind of figure out what it was and i never thought of of uh you know lifting weights or, or heavy objects as something that would ground you but it makes an, an awful lot of sense yeah. um when you started lifting then you were about 14 um were you in a were you part of a gym or was it more of a rudimentary kind of system? Yeah, I, I I never really kind of forget my first day in the gym. I like went in and like again, I was like fourteen and I had no idea what I was doing. I was really really nervous and I found this kind of like one quiet room in the gym and I was like, right, there's nobody here. Like I'll go in here do my thing and then 
I was just, you know, it was it was grand like. And the next thing, like the door kind of slides open, and there was this massive guy kind of standing there, and he was just like, "This is your first time in the gym, isn't it?" And I was like, "Yeah, how'd you know?" He was like, "This is the girls' room." And then I look around, and there's like pictures on the walls of all these like female models and stuff. And then he was just like, "Come on, I'll show you around." So he then, you know, he just kind of just kind of like taught me the basics. Um, and then after that, then uh, was just kind of. I would just kind of go in to kind of do my own thing. Um, I'd done a bit of powerlifting when I was like 16, 17. Um, didn't really enjoy it too much. It was too kind of stop starting. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. as kind of much uh, intensity uh, for me. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of that just between like the rugby and powerlifting for a few years. And then when I was like 18, um, I don't, I'm not like for some reason I was just like, I, I just kind of felt like I needed a break from, just like training all together. It was like just after my leaving cert. And like at the time, I, it was kind of, I guess, maybe like a blessing in disguise in some way because it taught me a lot because at that point I, I ended up putting on like a lot of weight and I got like very, very overweight. And then just a lot of kind of like just bad habits kind of started in my life. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think it was just because like I didn't have the structure of training. And especially, like, you have it with, like, dyspraxia. Like, you really need to have mm-hmm. structure in your life. Otherwise, you're just kind of, like, aimlessly just kind of go around just from thing to thing. And, you know, it's not going to really it, – it's, it's not going to do you much good. Like, so, um, yeah. And then I started doing Strongman when I was, uh, like, 20 years old, I think. 20. It was after I went to the, like, first Ireland Strongest Woman. And – like, cause my, my sister, she was there. Like, it was my sister. She started doing strong woman first. And then, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like when I went to a show and I seen like these women like pulling trucks and like like running with kegs and stuff. It was just like it just kind of sparked something in me. I was just like, all right, if my sister can pull a truck, I can pull a truck, kind of thing. And um, it was like at the time I was just I like I wasn't living a very favorable life mm. uh, in my opinion. I was just kind of you know I was like nineteen twenty um just moved to Galway like. Uh, doing like I was doing a PLC at the time, and um, yeah, I, I just kind of just kind of just maybe lost the road of myself a little bit, like just get too fond of having the crack, yeah. and you know, you start doing things that like you shouldn't be doing, and you know, even though you think you're going out having fun, you're actually kind of making yourself a little bit more depressed, I think, and mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying to like push things away. So, I mean, I started strongman just because like I wanted to like discipline myself, um, and then I done my first competition, and that's where I met my coach because he was the one running it. Oh. Then when I uh, that was during the summertime. Then when I came back to Galway in the September, um, but when I went straight up to his gym and I was just like, right, whatever you you tell me to do, I'll do. And uh, it's just kind of like developed into what it is now, I guess. Yeah, can I talk about the structure idea? Because yeah. I think I think a lot of people are, um, uh, you know, either trying to find it or maybe can't quite get that structure. And I've I've spoken. I did a, a solo episode a few um few episodes ago about. I have OCD, so I, I, I develop these structures. But what happens is they become a bit too rigid. So I start, I went back to therapy to try and get it solved. Because to be honest, Gillian, it was like I had to be this at 11 o'clock. I had to do this. 12 o'clock, I had to do this. If it ran over, the whole day was ruined. But I know you, obviously you're not talking about maybe that kind of extent. But the structure that you, you didn't have, um, what did you find with your structure? What, what way did you work out your training and, and your life from there? um again i think it was just kind of more i just like i just really needed discipline and uh, you know like again i uh at the time i started like you know reading more into kind of just more into kind of just like not exactly kind of like self-help books but just kind of more just like uh looking into other people's like 
past experiences. Like mm-hmm. I know that like, some people might know like David Goggins or like Jordan Peterson um, or Alan Watts as well. And it was just kind of more like I knew I just needed to do something that, that actually had purpose. Mm-hmm. And like considering like I, I, I was, I, I was genuinely quite like desperate at the time just to like get things going because, you know, just waking up every day just with like kind of like fear and anxiety of like what was going to happen during the day. And it was just like, you know, if you're just kind of like sitting around not doing anything, that fear and anxiety just gets like worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it like it, it's not a case. It's like even like now when people look what I'm doing now and they're just like, oh, you're like you're doing so well and all this has come so easy. And it's just like, you know, I, like I was never always like this person like and um it's not something that's just going to like happen overnight. Yeah. It's like, it's going to like, and I, th- I think that's the really the big thing that people like, don't understand. It's just like, there's, it's not just like one day you're just going to like figure everything out. Like, because like, even though now, like five years later, like if, if you told me like, you know, five years ago, like I'd be where I am now. Like, I, I wouldn't believe you, but at the same time, like I'm still like, I don't have everything figured out. Like, mm-hmm. and it's more about just like, you're just constantly just like adding a little bit more and more. And it's like, you're not really going to, I feel like you're not really going to notice it until you actually look back because like I've kept a diary for like the last, I say maybe like six, seven years, like, and even it's just like, I don't realize until I actually look back on it. And I was just like, wow, like I was actually like, I, I was such a mess back then. Like, mm. But now like sometimes I kind of even think in my head, I'm still that same person, but it's not until you actually take some time to reflect uh, like, you know, over the years that you can actually see uh, the progress of it. Yeah. And another, but I don't know about you, but, uh, when you have like a training regime or, you know, something to, yeah. that you do and it's there, maybe, you know, maybe five days a week or whatever, um, motivation, I think people are lack or, or struggle with motivation. And and I get that on certain days, you yeah. know, when I'm really trying, but I, I try to, what I try to do now is if I'm struggling with motivation, I try to see, and it's not easy if you, you know, I had to work on it, but try to see the end of the day and what, what I did during the day will help me to get to the end of the day. And like, it took me. It sounds like an easy kind of concept yeah. or idea, but it does. It takes a bit of work, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot of. It, it, it it's a lot of patience, really. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, like, um, especially I, I feel like if you, if you start to think too far ahead of things, yeah. Um, sometimes like depending on your on like your state of mind, if you like if you're anxious and you start looking too far ahead, like you kind of start everything kind of starts piling on top on mm-hmm. top of you, like so, um. I, I, well, I guess kind of like for me, for motiv- with like motivation, um, when I first started off, again, I feel like I was just, I was really just so dis- just desperate for like, I, like I knew that like there was so, so something in my soul telling me that like I, I needed to like change like because like I was kind of more thinking in the long run that like if I don't like start fixing myself now that like I didn't want to be in a situation where like if I, if I was ever lucky enough to have a family that I wouldn't be able to like provide for them or, you know, just to be like, you know, functioning for them you know so like that was kind of one thing that I was always kind of like kept in the back of my mind like and I think just from the things I experienced growing up I'm just like I'm really kind of willing to do anything to kind of like get myself there regardless and like you know there are days where like I'm going to the gym and I like I really just like I'm not feeling or all that like but I feel like the days where like you don't feel like doing it and you still do it are the days that like you really kind of like you kind of gain more from yourself because then you yeah. actually like realize you're, you're capable and you're just, it's more about like breaking down those walls in front of you that like, you know, you, you can, you can actually do it. Like, and it's, it, again, it is hard. Like, but I feel like it's, you know, doing like small little habits, mm-hmm. like over time can actually build up into like uh bigger ones. Cause that one thing I like doing as well is just like 
uh, cold water therapy. So mm. it's like going out to like Salt Hill, especially in the winter time, and just jumping off the diving boards and just you know, it's it's just actually like you're 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 willing to make yourself do something like that. So then when you go to do other things, it's all right, this is nowhere near as bad like so <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um Gillian, do you know what's actually I'm just gonna read an ad now in a second, but you know what's I find incredible is that like you figured you know, or, or started to work on this when you were 18 and like, you know, it took me till I was 26 and it will take people maybe even until they're older to kind of do that kind of stuff. And to be aware of it when you're 18 is, is pretty uh, impressive. Um, allow me to just, before I wreck the place, just read out this advert and we'll get back to it. Okay. Yep. Fusion Training Centre, Monksland, Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. I keep kicking the table somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, just wanted to also say the women's classes yeah. in the jiu-jitsu are flying at the moment. Everybody's great in there. They keep coming. So if anybody is interested, coming in and learning some self-defense and uh, jiu-jitsu. The fact that I'm the coach shouldn't put you off. I'd understand if it does. Anyway, but it's there. So you all know. Um, but listen, Killian, have you always been um, a competitive person? Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I, I guess. Like. I, I. Whenever it comes to kind of just. I think it was just kind of between me and my brother, and my sister. We were always like very competitive people. Like, and um, I kind of feel like, especially with like my family in general, there's always this kind of like competitive playfulness, even when we were kids. So it's like, I, like again, like I, like I, like I really struggled in school just because like I wasn't diagnosed with dyspraxia until I was like seventeen. So it's like the teachers could never really like understand why like I wasn't performing as well or could, like couldn't understand things. So I, I think that's kind of why more I took to kind of like sports was because it was just like it was if it was something that I was good at and like you know when you're doing something that you're good at like it makes you feel kind of like better about yourself. Like but you know I said like it was you know between the ages of like you know eighteen and like twenty there there really wasn't kind of much motivation kind of like within myself and it was. I felt like genuinely kind of just like hopeless about it, like a lot of things. I think that's kind of why like I let myself go, but it's like let myself go so low kind of just made me want to like go so like high, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, just because like, you know, it, it did get like, I guess, pretty dark um, between the ages of like 19 and 20 in particular. Like, um, and I think it was just like, you know, having those kind of experiences, like, you know, I that's the kind of things I think about when I kind of go into the gym. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of like what I'm I'm working away from like, but also it's like I have the, like the idea of like what things used to be like, but then I've also got like the idea of where I want to go. Yeah. So it's like you've got like a push and a pull instead of just like I feel like if you got like just a just a pull or a push, it can only bring you so far. But if you can like you know clearly outline what you don't want your life to look like, and then clearly outline what you do want your life to look like, then you can resort to kind of either or then to kind of motivate you. Yeah, and it's also like. It's also about taking, and I know it sounds like a, a simple thing, but taking the, the positives from something that's really negative. Because yeah, when, when I was like, you know, I was the same as yourself and I had really, really dark places. And it's not just that I'm trying to run away from it and, and forget about it and stuff, because it's important to remember that, you yeah. know, to, like you said, keeping your diaries and to see how far you've come. Um, So so taking those positives away from it and like, it, it's, 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 pretty amazing that you know you found yourself in this place five six years ago and where you are now is, is quite a transformation and yeah. um when when you when you first did like you mentioned you met your coach on on, on your first uh, strongman competition yeah. 
what do you remember of that first uh, uh, competition? So, um, feeling incredibly nervous <laughs> yeah. and scared, to be honest with you, like, because, you know, again, like, I, like, I've never really been, um, I was like, I was never really a, like a confident person and I never really kind of like, although I, like, I was competitive, I just never really like, I always kind of just kind of put myself, myself down and everything. It was just like, you know, like, you're no good for this kind of stuff. But like, I was still willing to kind of just try regardless. And, um, like my, my first competition, uh, I think there was like eight people in my group when I came third. So I think then like, just like, you know, when I got that like small little trophy, like I was just like, damn, that, that, you know, that felt good. Like, and then, mm. well, even still, like I never really, when I started, like I didn't even have the intentions of like going professional. Um, like at the time I was like, you know, I was working in the hospital and my, I actually wanted to go in to do like, uh, psychiatric nursing. Right. Um, um, that was kind of like my, like my main thought. But then it was about maybe, it was like when it was like when I first got invited to compete at Ireland's Strongest Man, and I was like, I think it was, I was like 21, and I was like, I've been like the youngest one competing at Ireland's Strongest Man like like every year since, and really? yeah, like first time there, and it was just like, you know, like these guys were a lot older than me, but I like mm. I was there on like th- like four weeks' notice, and I was just like, right, like there wasn't, I knew there wasn't much between me and them. Uh, and then it was just it was after that day I was just like no like this is this is what I'm going for like you know like if if I can get this far now if I actually like fully committed myself to it like then you know like who knows what could happen. I remember uh, when I was growing up a little little a uh, little bit older we'll say a little bit older than you, Gillian. Uh, and uh, we I, th- on terrestrial television the strongman events were were massive you know yeah. and there was household names and uh, you know it was it was. It was to me they were like otherworldly the people who were taking part in it because it just yeah. it didn't make sense to me that you know this giant stone was going to be picked up and then he was going to do it five times and they yeah. covered in chalk and all this kind of stuff was kind of out there like where did you like obviously you saw your sister doing it but had you seen it before on YouTube or anything like that Yeah like I, my very first like memory of like seeing Strongman was like uh, I believe it was like the t- 2008 World Strongest Man mm. and Terry Holland's pulling. A, a plane like like to see like to see somebody like pull a goddamn plane was just like mind-boggling and, like that i think that was like i always kind of i was very young when i seen that like uh video and randomly that kind of that uh image would always kind of come to my mind of like a man pulling the plane like yeah. and then i for some it was just like you know again like it's just it's just incredible to think that somebody could do that like and i think that's why like i really like enjoy the sport because it's just like, like, say, like with powerlifting, you just got like squat, bench, deadlift, and that's all you ever train. But like with strongman, yeah. it's just like, you never know what they're going to give you. Like every competition is completely different. And like, who, like, they could just make up an event that like nobody has ever done, and you've just got to do it. Like, and I think yeah. that's, that's why I love that because you, you've got to constantly like adapt your body to whatever is like the competition is going to be. And, um, like I remember like in 2021, Ireland's strongest man, um, one of the events was a car roll. So it was like uh, mm-hmm. like a car and then there was like a bar at the bottom of it. And you have to run, flip the car all the way over, do like full 360 and then flip it back over and then whoever done it in the quickest time. Like, So it's just, you know, getting to do stuff like that, like it's just, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is a lot of fun. I like the way there's some maniac making these things up uh, as he goes yeah. along, you know. But <laughs> but they, but there was another one with the, um, and I, uh, with the sandbag, the large sandbags. And, yeah. Uh, we have one of those in the gym, and I I can't really remember. I think it's between sixty and seventy kg. I'm not really quite yeah. sure, but trying to pick it up is 
like 60 and 70, like you do that bar- with a barbell, right? Fair enough. But trying to pick that up because of just the shift in weights and stuff. Yeah. And, and the, um, uh, you know, that, that to me is, is just irritating more than anything else because <laughs> you know what I mean though? Cause it's yeah. like yeah. you said, you, you said if you were just doing barbell and you were doing deadlifts or whatever, that's one thing, but having to figure out to lift the, this way because the weight yeah. is falling that way, all that kind of stuff is, is, is so random, and I think that's what made it such a brilliant, and what makes it such a brilliant thing to watch because yeah. because of the random kind of uh, event of it. Immense, and yeah. another thing, the characters, there's always seem to be really great characters who are involved in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I since you said that now, actually, like one thing I really admire about the sport is the fact that, like, uh, say, like I was over uh, competing for UK Strongest Man uh, during the summer, and the physios that were there, like, like all of us, we were all in the change room together, and the physios. Like, we're just saying, like, how, like, because they've never worked with the strongman show before. And they mm. just said, it's so bizarre because they thought everybody would be going around, like, puffing their chest out, ignoring people. And, like, everyone's just there just having a crack, giving mm. each other sweets, kind of helping each other out and stuff. And it's just, like, like you're never really going to go into a sport where, like, you're, you're, you're friends with your opponents. Mm. Like, like, we're, like, we're, just, everybody is genuinely friendly and kind to each other. Like, there's no, there's nobody, there's no, there's no, there's very little arrogance really. Mm. Like, and I think that's, cause I think it's just cause like, you know, it, it could be quite a lonely sport. Like, and it's, it, the training, like it's brutal really. Like, cause you could be like 16 weeks, like I was 16 weeks training for UKs alone. Like, and, um, you know, like, I think it's like when you get there, it's just like, you know, you, you respect the other person because mm. like, you know how damn hard it is to actually do it. Like, and you know, it's not like a sport where like, you know, like let's say, like, like you could say, a boxer is the only thing. But like, look how much money boxers are getting mm-hmm. for, like, what they're getting paid. Like, a strongman, it is, it is getting better. The prize money, like, it is developing, like, a, like a, a huge amount. But yeah, like the characters are definitely one thing because you know, every, you, you know, you might like kind of like roar and shout the crowd, but like, I'm saying like it's there's no there's no bad blood between people. Yeah, um, you mentioned training there, and that's another thing that will probably interest a lot of people that that, that how does because you mentioned the different types of of events that they can just throw at you like how do you train for it um so like let's say like your training sessions let's say like on a on a press day like let's say in a competition you might have like your axle press uh, might be coming up for reps so you do like you you practice the axle the overhead stuff first and then do your accessories but then let's say like on a squat day like do the squats do your accessories and after that then you might be doing like say if there's like a truck pull or like a tire flip so it's like on your like squat and deadlift days it's like usually you're training your vents towards the end of the session when you're really fatigued right just so like you just to kind of like make it a little bit easier like so it's kind of like you do almost like a kind of like a full power lifting session and then you go do a few strongman events afterwards <laughs> like um that's kind of like a, a best way to kind of explain it like but um like there's well, like, you know, it's, it, it is a lot of work. Like, I mean, you can be in the gym anywhere between like, you know, three to four, or maybe like five hours, like depending mm-hmm. on like the things you do, uh, you got to do like, and that's just like between like, you know, like taking rests and, um, obviously then like, you know, just setting up the equipment is definitely like most, yeah. the, the hardest bit of it all. Like, but like, I am very lucky that I train with a group of people, um, down in like my gym's GSP gym. And then we have the Galway powerlifting strongman club. So there's, Roughly between like twelve, fifteen people, um, who between like powerlifting, strongman, strongwoman, we all just train together. Like everyone's extremely competitive, and it's a really, really great environment because like it, you're not like there training with like the general public, and it's like not bad, but like, you do like mm. you know something you see in the gym, and you're like there's people on their phones, and like yeah, there's yeah. like there's no intensity and all that, but so it's just like we're all there because like we all like want to be the best, and um, 
you know, I, I had being around that environment, like really kind of like pushes it. Because again, you know, it's it, when you're just you competing out there, like it's nice to be a training where you can like rely on other people to kind of like, you know, help you out with things and all that. Like, because, you know, like, if, if, like let's say you got to do like, uh, a yoke yeah, like training with the yoke and you got to take th- like if I have to take up 380 kilo outside on a mm-hmm. like a little weedy thing like it helps when you got other people so we all like it's we're all there for each other like. and it's there's a huge responsibility on yourself and the coach as well to to know when to to stop and you know when to take your rests and like yeah. how how does the rest days go do you get any yeah yeah like everyone like Everyone thinks that like, oh, you must be training every day. I'm like, I, I train four days a week. That's yeah. it. Like, and you know, I, I really don't believe anybody should train to train in the gym more than four days a week. Yeah. Like, and the other days, like, you know, hiking, swimming, cycling, all that. You know, it's fair game. Like, but like, just not like actual like muscle breakdown. But uh, I'm very lucky. I've, like, I got one of like, the best uh, strongman coaches in the country, and like when. Uh, I think like what really kind of like, he won't mind me saying this. What makes him so good is because like he made so many mistakes when he was my age. Mm. Like and he was just kind of more just like that old school mentality of just like push it really really hard all the time. And then he's got like injury after injury and like you can't really like train really that heavy anymore. Or compete. So it's just like he's learned so much from like his own experiences. Um, and I think that like, that's why like when I started like training with him, he was like always very like cautious about like not to push me too far because especially like with strongman or like any strength sports what happens you see like a lot of young people they get really really strong but it's just like their bodies like aren't strong enough to actually kind of like withstand it and then like fair enough they may be like you know really really good but then you know a few years like and like they're just completely like mashed up like so yeah knowing when to pull back is definitely definitely important like like if i go into the gym and my coach sees that like i'm not like 100% 100% or like you know might be injured or something like you will change things around and all that like um so again it's helpful that I'm there with them and all that and that's kind of the main reason why like I'm still I've stayed I decided to stay in Galway was because like you know my coach is here and everything so it's just it's easier to kind of be, like he can see like how I'm moving with things and all that like so like it makes a big difference yeah it's not like a coaching session or you know coaching sessions over the internet or anything like that where to be yeah. able to see it obviously makes it a lot more it's I think different. yeah yeah I think but uh, another thing that people would be definitely interested in is the food and and how you <laughs> how yeah. your diet is like I'm sure it's pretty extreme uh yeah so it's kind of like it's I kind of it, it it changes to like my training so usually like at the start of the season or the start of a training cycle I'm probably eating only about maybe like 3,000 calories. Right. But then I like come in towards the end of the training cycle, it, it goes up to about 5,000 calories. Just because like, like I would be, um, I would be very sensitive to putting on weight. Um, yeah. like even, even like up until I, for up until I was like 19, I was exactly the same age as I, I was weight and stone. So when I was 12, I was 12 stone. I was 15, <laughs> I was 15 stone. I was a 17, 17 stone. And when I hit 19 stone, then I like, I started to lose the weight and like work my way back up. But, um, yeah, I guess I like I'm lucky. I've always had a big appetite. Um, I got a like a pretty good, good nutritionist as well, right. uh, and like he like he really helps me out a lot. Like it's definitely kind of helped tidy things up a bit. Um, but yeah, it's not as like people like kind of just make make the assumption that I'm eating like ten thousand calories a yeah. day. And like fair enough if you look at like Thor Bjorsen, he's six foot nine. When he was mm-hmm. in Strongman, like he was eating about ten thousand. But like the man's six foot nine, like yeah. he needs it. Like and the big problem I see with a lot of people when they start off is they start eating like seven, 8,000 calories. And then they kind of go from maybe being a hundred kilos to 135 kilos, but they're, they're, they're not even that strong. 
So it's just like, you know, more about like, you know, knowing when to kind of push things yeah. like, and again, patience is like the biggest thing with with this, like, because with strength sports, you don't hit your best until your mid thirties. So it's just like, like I work in a health store in town, health plus, mm. and I get young lads coming in and it's just like, I, like, I, and I understand because I, I was there myself when I was a teenager, like, but it's just like, you know, just, just think more in the long, in the long term, like, because mm. like, if you're genuinely serious about fitness, this is something you're going to do for the rest of your life. So don't like, don't be in a rush to kind of get the ideal, like, body you want or like, like, whatever it is, like, because like, it will come in time, but you know, you just got to be patient and trust the process. Yeah. Like there is this rush, um, you know, maybe not fully fueled by social media and stuff, but it has a part to play where everybody wants to Definitely. be look a certain way. And, and they yeah. do think, and I'm sure you've seen and heard it, that this is just going to take a year and I'll be exactly how I want to be. And it obviously, yeah, these things take time. A lot of time, or people think they can get to the weight, they get whatever they want, and they can just stop. And I'm just like, yeah. no, like it's not like it's not it's not that easy. Like, but you know, like if the way I see it is like if this is something you truly want to do, it's probably like one of the best things decisions you'll ever make in your life because mm-hmm. like you'll learn so much more like about yourself and like what you're actually capable capable of. Because like, you know, I said like I was very like like very shy and insecure person. Like I like I I, I like. I wouldn't be able to kind of like I used to like avoid talking to people for the most part just because I, I used to like stutter and stammer a lot and things. So like just like you know doing committing yourself to your body like it's it's more than just training your body like you're like you're training like who you are as a person in the long run. Like and I feel like I see like a lot of people who aren't into fitness mm. they kind of just see like fitness as being like pure vanity and like you know this this guy's just like a meathead or something like that. Like but it's just like. It's it's so far from like what it actually is like, and I feel like it, I feel like that's what stops a lot of people from actually t- yeah. making the decision to get themselves fit because like they feel like it's just like you've got to be like a certain kind of person, or they feel like oh like I'm like I'm just not able to kind of like do that like yeah um, people people love a stereotype don't they yeah yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they love it yeah because I mean like, even like, with my training group I tell I explain to people everyone's thinking oh this must be like a lot of big giant aggressive people mm. all throwing weights around but like you go in and like everybody is like the nicest people yeah. i've ever met and like most of us are just we're all just like nerdy people like you know we're just like you know it's very much kind of like um a bunch of mis- misfits i guess like but yeah. yeah i mean it's it's very much like i like no one's ever gonna like i don't think it's like it's people that, like they don't want to go to the gym because they feel like they're gonna be judged and like anybody who's actually like whenever i see somebody who's starting off the gym first you know, it motivates me because I'm just like, I know how hard that is to make yeah. that decision to go yeah. into the gym and to like, you know, actually just want to make a change yourself. So like, if anyone's listening, like, don't like feel like you're going to get judged or laughed at. Mm-hmm. And, I, and if anybody does judge or laugh at you, well, then like, they're a terrible person and like, you yeah. don't need their validation. Like, so um, like, don't, don't let that hold you back. Like. Absolutely. And and I, it's, we would describe ourselves in jujitsu as a group of misfits as well, yeah. kind of nerdy people. And it's the same. It's the exact same idea of when I went in there, I just had no idea what to expect. But it was it couldn't be nicer, nicer people in there. And yeah. we got on so well and it was a really welcoming environment. And um, can I ask you actually just because, you know, mm-hmm. this is something that people may not know about. And we've talked about dyspraxia, but uh, you said you were diagnosed at 17. And what, yeah. what was what was the um, what were the steps? Uh, leading up to the diagnosis? Um, I'd say it was kind of more so, I think it was like my like my English teacher uh, I had in secondary school. He was such, 
such a like I, I loved his classes and like English was always like my favorite subject like but it was just um I think he, he just slowly like over the years was just kind of picking up on more and more things like just like um like my like saying like my handwriting if I wrote an A4 page you'd almost think that like four different people wrote on it because my handwriting kept mm-hmm. changing shifting and things and um again just like um grammar or just like he he could like he could understand like what I was trying to like like say or write but like it wasn't coming out properly like mm. um and again I think it was just because this like like whatever it is just like I can I can understand things in my head like quite well but then just like to actually kind of put them into words or it's like write them which it's just it takes me just like a little bit more like extra effort like I'd like to have to proper like concentrate on it and um yeah, then he just kind of like just said it to my mum. Like, at first, I thought it was just like dyslexia, like, but um, I went to a psychologist about that, and she said, like, she said, like, she didn't think it was dyslexia, but it was like more so dyspraxia. And then mm. I went and asked to do like dyspraxia tests, which I uh, failed miserably because it was just like, you know, you'd have to pick up these little like pins with one hand, flip them, and put them back in, and just like, oh. like, there was a lot of like kind of like just like dexterity tests. And then she was just kind of just like, um, Asked me less general questions about just like, uh, like you know, my own cognition and things like that. Like, and then it was kind of like the more, um, I remember like the challenge, like when she told me when I found out I actually had dyspraxia, she was just like, basically, all I was told was I was never going to be able to do this, that, or the other. And mm-hmm. that was that was all I was ever told. There was never anything about like how to actually like deal with it. It was just, I was just more like told these limitations I had. And like, I think that's what really kind of like kick-started like the whole thing of like me going into like uh, a bad place because I was just thought like right I have this so like I'm never going to be able to actually do anything proper because of like what I have um but then again you know obviously then started doing strongman then I started like actually like learning about like dyspraxia and like trying to like find out other people's um experiences with it like and then just like more just learning how because I was just like I always struggled in school but I was just like I was just like, right, if that doesn't mean like I can't learn, I've just got to figure out a way that like works best for me. So I think that's why I like, I just started like just reading books more and like, you know, fair enough, like it might take me like longer to read a book, but it was just more like, I like, I just needed to figure, cause I, it was just kind of more like, I just didn't want to like be limited by that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just kind of wanted to figure out like my own way of going things. Cause I feel like regardless of what, like, if you got like you know dyspraxia, dyslexia, autism, anything like that, like like just because you have those things, just don't like think that you're going to be like confined by it. Like there, there's always you've just got to figure out what way works best for you. Like because you know a lot, a lot of those things they don't really affect your intelligence. They just affect the way you got to like process things. Like absolutely, and and you mentioned to me about you, you know and you said about wanting to become a, a psychotherapist. Yeah, that's what you hope to do. Why why uh, why a psychotherapist? Um. Well, I guess because uh, I, I like I, I just I just, I just really like helping people and yeah. like I, I want to do the psychiatric nursing um and you know it was a big decision to kind of like you know choose to do strongman over psychiatric nursing like um and then I think what really got me pushed me more towards psychotherapy was because like from let's say what what I was just saying there like with psychology like I'm not speaking like against like psychology because it it, it is useful in in mm-hmm. a lot of ways but like like let's say with them it's just like right you have this condition so therefore you're confined within this box and like it's almost like you can't leave that box and like the like, same with like people who might have like a uh, borderline personality disorder it's like it's like you're putting a definition on the person and then like 
not experience them that you could actually, you know, just figure out your own way. And then I started reading a book um, by Carl Rogers um, called Becoming a Human. And there's a really good example of it where they were talking about um, schiz- uh, patients with schizophrenia and they were talking about their, when, when they were working with like uh, psychiatrists, they felt like that they were like an inanimate object and the psychiatrist was the doctor. And there was like, there was a distance between it. But then when they were like comparing like with psychotherapy, it's more like you are, you are like creating an environment where you fully accept the person for who they are, like, like completely and utterly with no judgment. So you're given this environment where they can feel comfortable looking at themselves and therefore, like, you know, figuring out, like, what it is that kind of, like, you know, is going wrong or, like, what works best for them. And, like, so, yeah, again, just, like, just figuring out, like, you know, within themselves. And it's kind of, you know, it's more like client-based therapy where, like, the clients, you know, would, like, lead the direction. And you're just kind of this, like, a mediator. Like, they'd kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know, they might may ramble for an hour. And then you kind of just, like, kind of reiterate back to them what it is that they're trying to say. And you're both kind of figuring it out with, like, you know, with... Without any, there's more of a, a humanistic side to yeah. it, and again, like obviously, with like, you know psychology, uh, psychiatry, that it is needed for like you know certain things and all that. Like, but I feel like just for like for most people, like you know, it's you know psychotherapy would be it's very much a, a beneficial tool. And again, you don't have to be like um, completely like depressed or like anxious mm-hmm. to go to therapy. It could be more just like if you just want to have a constructive conversation about your life to figure out like a way to go forward like instead of just like what i did as a teenager and just like it, get trapped in myself and just like you know things are kind of going over and over again in your head and you're not really kind of getting anywhere like but be actually being able to sit down and have a, a constructive conversation with somebody about like what's actually going on and i think it's just because the reason why i want to do it because i know how easy it is to like let life kind of like club you down and just be like you know just kind of just stay stationary and like i know how hard it is to kind of get out of that situation like and one thing i, I always kind of think in my head of i can go from who i was to like my end goal of like you know going to world's strongest man like if i can do that i genuinely believe anybody can do anything because you know like i really really didn't believe i was capable of doing much yeah so like if i can like, even from what i've done now like I, like I know like if i can do if i can achieve this what i've already done like everybody else can do so much so much better like and i think that's the kind of more like as well like i'm not doing strongman just for me it's more just kind of like prove a point to people that like Mm. you don't have to be you know confident to achieve things yeah like i've been very fortunate on this podcast that people aren't like psychiatrists psychologists all these Mm. um you know psychotherapists and stuff and you know for me to um to learn about them because i i i had been down the psychologist route and I hadn't been down a lot of the therapists, you know, psychotherapy yeah. and, and art therapy and all the, the therapists I've had on. And uh, what you said there about like what what I found now, and I, I've told people I'm going to therapy again over the last few weeks I've been going. And uh, because it's I, it's a positive thing. It wasn't because yeah. I was feeling like you said, you don't have to be feeling really down. And it was such a weird experience to go in because having been through the other system, I was going in here and I was talking, talking, talking. And I was thinking to myself, Am I talking too much? But like, that was literally why I'm there. And, yeah. you know, yeah. facilitator is a great word for it because uh, Kenneth is, is the other side of the room and he, and he just kind of says, well, how, maybe you're thinking like this because of such and such or 
And it's just these little ways of just turning maybe my mindset this way to think, mm. oh, maybe I was overthinking or maybe, yeah. you know, something. And I, I find it like, I find it fascinating that now, like what I mean, the therapy I'm in now is like that. And that's, I wouldn't have known about psychotherapy if I didn't start this podcast, for instance. Well, I wouldn't have known yet. Oh, I would made yeah. that. Yeah, you know, it's one of those yeah. things. Do you, like, I know you mentioned about your dad as well, like mm. psychotherapist and stuff. And you're, you mentioned about like, your when you first became aware of mental health obviously there was a good healthy kind of re- relationship and discussion about those kind of things within your 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 household and stuff does that has that helped with your mindset do you think um yeah i guess i guess you know kind of being thrown in the deep into things like you know uh especially because i when you know it was kind of mainly like you know like the recession started and um at the time like my sister was going to college and you know, like, uh, like my parents, you know, they've done as much, they, they've done the best they could with the situation that they were in. Like, you know, I cannot fault them. Like, but like, you know, it was, it was sort of, it was a very, very difficult situation. And then like, then like, you know, my dad's mental health, because he came out about his, like, uh, being abused as a child. And, you know, I was like, I think like, um, maybe like 15, 14, 15, like when I found that out, like, and, you know, at the time, I feel like I kind of just like pushed that down because mm-hmm. I was just like, right, this is a very serious situation. So like, we've got to like kind of make, stay as composed as possible. Like, especially because like, yeah, I have a younger brother as well. Like, and I just kind of wanted to try and like be there for like my parents because like, I could see that like what was going on was like, it was, it was, it was affecting them. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, I guess I just kind of just immediately just cause like, you know, I was right. I was just kind of just, you got to accept it and kind of get on with it. Like, but, I guess at the same time, I probably didn't like handle it. It was probably, you know, years later, then it was just kind of more once this kind of situation had kind of like maybe settled down a little bit that it kind mm-hmm. of like came out uh, inside of me. Like, but um, yeah, I feel like it definitely like my dad being quite open. Because again, you know, I said like everyone always kind of like, you know, you see your dad as being like, you know, like the big strong guy and like, you know, seeing him being like very vulnerable. And, you know, he, it was like, you know, again, it's never always like a, a straight uphill, like, because. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his, his own difficulties and all that. Like, then he went back working um, a job. You know, had a good job, and then he just he just had a like another mental breakdown. And then he was lucky enough with his job, he was able to go to um, to St. Pat's in Dublin. And I, you know, like him going through having all those experiences of going through like the mental health system in Ireland as well. Like, I think that's what really kind of pushed him mm-hmm. to go out and help there because, like, in this country, like. I, I, I don't really believe that like many people in the government really kind of care much about mental health because mm-hmm. it is seriously so poor in the country. Like, and it's an area like in the budget that always gets less and less funding over the years. Like, and like, I suppose it is, it is changing. It's definitely not as like swept under the rug as it used to be. Um, but I think, you know, just like hearing like my dad talk about it, like on the radio and him setting up the support group and like seeing, um, him helping other people, I was just like, you know, you can actually turn a negative thing into a positive thing. Like if if if, if that's what you choose to do, yeah. really. Like, and you know, I think it's about you know really kind of making that decision. Um, as hard as it as it is, that's what makes the difference. Um, this is probably a silly question, but what's the ambition for for the strongest man thing? Is it is it worlds? Because you know, it, it's interesting. Someone said to me the other day. Uh, I said I told them you were coming on, and they said, oh, oh yeah yeah, you know the the. I, they asked me who the first number one is in strongest man, and I mm. said, uh, 
I, I do know the name, but I can't remember. Okay, I did say that I was yeah. being honest about it. But I said, I want to interview the second. Mm. Well, first of all, I heard you on a podcast. But yeah. <laughs> apart from that, that's your next step is to be number one. Like, there's yeah. always the next step. But is it to be world's strongest man? That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't, like, like I wouldn't I wouldn't really be, like, committing this much myself. I didn't want to go, like, all the way, like, yeah. you know, because it's, again, like, you know, it's a brutal sport. Like, the last few years, like, I missed out on so much, like, you know, family, friends, you know, doing all the things. It's just kind of very much been, like, tunnel vision, like, go to mm-hmm. gym, work, eat, recover, sleep, all that kind of stuff. Like, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, like, I just, I just want to, while I'm alive, young and fit, I just want to push myself as, as far as I can. Like, because I know, I know if I don't, I'm going to look back and I'm going to regret it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live with that regret inside my body. Like, I want to be able to just be like, right, I, I done everything I could. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, just, just, just to go. Cause I like, I said, you don't hit your best until like your mid thirties. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'm still 25 now. I've got a good coach. So like, I'll, like, I'm I'm willing to, like I'm I'm going to commit everything to it like to kind of get myself there like that's what is kind of crazy as well because from my you know memory of seeing the world's strongest man competitions they were all in their thirties and some of them may mm. may have been in the forties and you're quite young to be to be keep competing in it what what's the next event then um at the next competition the last one I'm doing for this year is. There's like a world record breaker day up in right. Derry, uh, Matt McKeegan's gym. So um, I'm just going to go for deadlifts. Uh, I know the Irish record is like 440 kilos. I've I've genuinely no idea what my my max deadlift is. So I, w- I want to try and get as close to like 440 as I can. Like um, like that would that would be that would be pretty good because I tell his Ireland strongest man now. I think his max deadlift in competition is like 400. Right. So like, I know if I if I can beat him. Like, at a, at a, like if I get higher I, he won't be there but if I pull a little higher than him like it'll just be get my because I came second two years in a row so I was like a little bit disappointed in myself this year Um, but uh, yeah then after that then I'm going to take eight eight ten weeks just to kind of let my body recover because I've been flat out for about maybe seven or eight months now Um, and then kind of get myself uh, focused on the next year's season so I'm going uh, we always ask uh, our guests um, this question too uh, what do you like to do in your spare time if you do in fact have any um, my spare time I I like to be spending as much time as I can outside mm-hmm. um, like I love like hiking is like just I love it so much like just going out because you know I feel like rural Ireland is such a beautiful place like and like I've, I just love kind of just going out in the wilderness and maybe like you come across like, like a few kind of old abandoned houses and mm-hmm things like that um i like to take some time just to actually like, i do a lot of cooking and eating but i like yeah. to actually because obviously what i'm doing but I, I like to uh just cook proper food i was very lucky that like my my dad's like and my aunts uh were like chefs at one point so mm-hmm. ever since i was a kid they, they taught me how to cook proper food and my family used to run an italian restaurant so i do enjoy just setting like you know a few hours aside and just have some friends over cook some food and that um then reading, I always try to like to kind of keep myself in touch with uh, reading a book. Um, and then all that, then you know, like just going down to Black Rock. Um, I just like just kind of keep the body moving, just doing yoga, uh, stretching, mobility work. Um, then just kind of just like working on like my own my own little things, I guess. I started um, stretching uh, just this week gone. Just I'd say it was about four or five days uh, ago. 
Because I'm like, look, I'm 40 years of age. A lot of the, the younger lads in jiu-jitsu are a lot more flexible and can move better than I can, a lot qu- quicker than I can. So I thought, really, I really need to start. Like, I should have done it when I started jiu-jitsu, but look, I didn't. But <clears throat> I think I was chatting to one of the lads in in in, uh, in training about this. And I think it's because, like, it's quite it's quite a boring thing, right? But mm-hmm. you can do it whilst doing other things. And I, I, I'm trying to, take that, you know, yeah, put fill them yeah, on, yeah, stretch yeah. them. Yeah. But it's quite, it can be quite, like, not sore, but kind of uncomfortable, which is, I guess, the whole, it's supposed to be. Yeah. How did you, like, I know this is obviously part of your, I guess this this is part of your training. How did you get over those kind of first few humps? Stretching. Um, I feel like, for me, I find stretching quite relaxing. Like, one thing uh, you see, like, a lot of people do wrong is, like, the the best way to optimize your stretching is, like, yeah, use a full motor first. Right. Because what that will do is like it will release the tension in your muscles, and like when you go to stretch, you'll be able to do a deeper stretch right. and avoid doing deep stretching before you train. Um, especially if you're doing weight training, just because like you'll take the power out of your muscles. Um, whereas I like, just do if you do like if you do any kind of weight training, do like ten or fifteen minutes full moving first because it'll help improve your range of motion without like uh, losing the actual the actual power uh, output. But um, yeah, for me, like I'd have a foam roller and then I have like a slitter um, just to get into like places I can't usually get. But uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of a masochist, but like I like I really, really enjoy the sensation of like foam rolling and stretching. I don't, it's just, I know it is, it is sore, but I feel like, like for me, like I'd like to put, kind of put on my headphones. Yeah. Um, not, not even like listen to podcast. I, do, I kind of more listen to like music that wouldn't have vocals on it. It's just right. kind of more just like, might just be kind of like classical music or medicine music and just kind of just get in the zone with it and just like kind of more just like have the whole uh body and mind kind of connection mm. and i think it, i think that was just because like having like dyspraxia i was just trying to like more like understand how my body should actually work um instead of it just kind of just like moving just like know how things should feel yeah um and i think that again i, I feel like if you really just like get in a meditative state about it um i feel like it can, it can actually make a big difference with it Excellent. Um, Killian, you've been a, a brilliant guest, a very open yeah, and honest. Thank, thank you. you so much for that. Thank you um, for having me. Of course. Listen, if you don't mind hanging on for one minute, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a tradition that we I close it out and take a quick photo and then I'll be yeah. let you get off. Sure, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks a million, man. So also thank you very much to John for doing all the tech work that he that he can do and I can't. Thanks to the same people I thank all the time because you know, um my mum and dad, granddad, Jer and Calvin for the music and the, the graphics. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, follow you, well, sorry, Killian. What's your yeah. Twitter handle? Or sorry, actually, it's, Instagram. Apologies. Uh, it's CG underscore, underscore strongman. Right, get on that if you're going to follow us. Go first. Uh, we're on the yeah, Twitter as well. Sorry, uh, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, etc. As always, thank you very much to everyone for for tuning in uh, once more, Killian. Once again, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you next week. Take care.